0: This is Shakespeare, Closely Read. I'm your host, Mark Naftal. In this podcast, I read the works of William Shakespeare and other authors in the public domain. In addition to reading these works in their entirety, I'll stop frequently to comment on the text, its meaning, and lessons to be drawn. This is a place for lovers of Shakespeare's words, words, words. I delight in the beauty of his language and believe that this beauty we can find truth and how to live a virtuous life. I hope this podcast can help students understand Shakespeare better and how to appreciate his sometimes difficult language. Maybe you can use it to help you write papers or study for tests. Drop me an email at shakespeareclosely at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, alternative interpretations, or would like some help. Let us begin. We are continuing with Henry V. They are now at the siege of Harfleur. We heard Henry's great once more into the breach, dear friends' um, speech. Notice he referred to the, the soldiers there as, uh, as friends. Later he will, will up the ante a bit, if you will, and start calling them brothers. But we'll get to that. And then somewhat comic relief, we see the um, soldiers of different parts of the British Empire uh, coming together. Uh, the British were always very, very proud of their diverse ethnicity. Uh, contained within Great Britain, and later on, their uh, their overseas empire as well. So we've got the uh, the Irish, the um, the Welsh, and the Scots, and it seems like the here the Welsh and the Scots are uh, are ganging up on the Irishmen. So let let us return to the text, McMorris. Of my nation, uh, MacMorris is the Irishman, of course, of my nation, what ish my nation? Ish a villain and a bastard and a knave and a rascal. What ish my nation? Who talks of my nation, Blue Ellen. Look you, if you take the matter otherwise and as meant, Captain McMorris, peradventure, I shall think you do not use me with that affability as in discretion you want to use me. Look you, being as good a man as yourself, both in the disciplines of war, and in the, the derivation of my birth, and in other particularities, McMorris. I do not know you so so good a man as myself. So, shrice save me! I will cut off your head, Gower. Gentlemen, both, you will mistake each other. Jamie, ah, that's a foul fault. A parley sounds well. So notice the officers here who are really good soldiers, but they're. They're acting as quarrelsome as a Bartolf pimp pim um pistol and nim. <clears throat> Gower the town sounds a parley. Remember that's that's hard floor. Flewellyn, Captain McMorris, when there is more better opportunity to be required, look you, I will be so bold as to tell you I know the disciplines of war, and there is an end. They exit. Scene three enter the King of England and all his train before the gates. <clears throat> this is a good speech too. King Henry to the men of Harfleur. How yet resolves the governor of the town, this is the last parlour we will admit. Therefore, to our best mercy, give yourselves, or like to men proud of destruction, defy us to our worst. For as I am a soldier, a name that in my thoughts becomes me best, if I begin the battery once again, I will not leave the half-achieved Harfleur till in her ashes she lies buried. The gates of mercy shall be all shut up, and the fleshed soldier, rough and hard of heart, and liberty of bloody hand, shall range with conscience wide as hell, mowing like grass your fresh, fair virgins and your flowering infants. What is then to me if impious war, arrayed in flames like to the prince of fiends, do with its smirched complexion all fell feats and linked to waste and desolation? What's to me when you yourselves are cause if your poor maidens fall into the hand of hot enforcing violation? What reign can hold licentious wickedness when down the hill he holds his fierce career? We may as bootless spend our vain command upon the enraged soldiers and their spoil, as send precepts to the Leviathan to come ashore. Therefore, you men of Harfleur, take pity of your town and of your people, whilst my soldiers are in my command while well, yet the cool and temperate wind of grace, or blows the filthy and contagious clouds of heady murder, spoil, and villainy. If not, why in a moment look to see the blind and bloody soldier with foul hand desire your locks of your shrill, shrieking, shrieking daughters, your fathers taken by their silver beards, and their most reverend heads dashed to the walls, your naked infants spitted upon pikes, Whilst the mad mothers with their howls confused do break the clouds as did the wives of Jewry at Herod's bloody hunting slaughter men. What say you? Will you yield in this avoid, our Are guilty in defense? Be thus destroyed. Okay, rhyme there, avoid and destroyed. Um, very hard speech. And, uh, and certainly um, today we would consider that... Uh, Henry was uh, threatening war crimes uh, on the town of Harfleur. He's saying that uh, if they don't surrender, his soldiers are gonna rape all their daughters and and not only kill the babies, but uh, spit them on, on pikes. Um, now, as I said before, that um, that was the, the law of, of, of war at the time, the customs, was that if a besieged town did not give up when it's, uh, its walls had been breached that the soldiers could plunder. Uh, of course, this was very graphic, what what Henry is is uh, threatening on them. And apparently there was some truth in this too. Uh, thus, among the other things that he threatens them with is fire. Uh, there's a saying, a quotation attributed to the real Henry V, that a war without fire is like sausages without mustard. Uh, so he was a, a hard man. And uh he said he's a soldier above everything else there. Um, some other good images there. One thing that I, I've, I've noticed, um, let's see, Pre- send precepts to the Leviathan to come ashore. That's a great whale-like sea creature that's that's mentioned in, in the Bible. Um, sometimes seen today as an image of chaos, and that's what he's going to let loose on them. Um, Let's see what else cool and temperate wind of grace or blows the filthy and contagious clouds. Okay, we have there more weather images and the clouds um, that's been throughout the hollow crown um, plays the image of the clouds and the sun. And um, and remember that um, Henry said that he permitted the clouds to smother him up. He hasn't entirely forsaken. his uh, his wild and villainous youth, if you will. And he's able to draw upon it here again the, uh almost like the plant coming up out of the muck and mire. It never le- fully leaves uh, the muck and mire. And here um, he feels that he can draw on the filthy and contagious uh, clouds uh, if he needs to. But he does hold out that, uh, you know, he's willing to be merciful if they will uh, give up um, and he says it's they're going to be their fault uh, if he doesn't and um, all the destruction comes upon them inter governor governor our expectation hath this day and end. the dauphin whom of succours we entreated that's aid o secours to help in French returns us that his powers are not yet ready are yet not ready to raise so a siege therefore great king we yield our town and lives to thy soft mercy into our gates, dispose of us, of us and ours. For we no longer are defensible. King Henry, open your gates. Okay. In the speech up there too, that's was one other thing that uh, um, he had an image of gates there. Yep. Um, this is in his previous speech. <laughs> um, the gates of mercy shall be all shut up. So he's asking them to call to open their gates. Uh, if he doesn't, his own gates of mercy. Uh, would be shut up. Uh, but of course, Harfleur yields here <clears throat> and opens their gates. And Henry says, open your gates, Governor exits. Come, Uncle Exeter. Go, you, and enter Harfleur, there remain, and fortify it strongly against the French. Use mercy to them all for us, dear uncle. The winter coming on and sickness growing upon our soldiers. We will retire to Calais tonight in Har flora will we be our guest tomorrow for the march we are addressed flourishing of the town okay so reference here to um, Henry's army is sort of used up and, and sickness is, is uh, plus some sort of plague because is, is in the is in the army as well notice um, we, we sort of highlighted before base and contagious clouds um, at henry's time and maybe some still in shakespeare's they thought that it was a foul air um that would cause uh sickness so that could be a reference to that it could have been on henry's mind and winter coming on of course we've uh, we've seen that uh, our own um seasonal illnesses um in the um, in henry's time of course they were in shakespeare's they were certainly uh, subject to seasonal illnesses as well in the uh in the Olivier version here, Calais is pronounced callous. Um, so he gives Exeter the town and then, um, so Henry's going to be his guest in the, in the town and, and retire upon Calais, which was the French or So he thought, um, so he's, his army's a bit used up and they've got a lot of sickness. Uh, they probably lost a good number of men in the siege of Harfleur. So we'll see what happens next. And now we're back with the French. Scene four. Enter Catherine and Alice, an old gentlewoman. Catherine, and uh, pardon my French. In this, I'll do the best I can. Alice, tu étais en Angleterre et tu parles bien la langue. Alice, un peu, Madame. That's a little bit. She, uh, Catherine asked that uh, her her maid that um, you you you've been uh, you have been in 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 England, and you speak other language. Uh, Un peu, madame. Catherine. Je te prie, mon enseigne. Il faut qu'il apprenne à parler. Uh, Comment comment, appelez-vous la main en anglais? So she wants to learn how to speak it, and uh, she wants to know how do you say a hand in English, Alice. La main. Elle appelle de hand. Catherine, the hand, Et les doigts, fingers, Alice, les doigts. À ma foi, j'oublie les doigts, mais j'ai sauvé uh, les doigts. Je pense qu'ils sont appelés perdre. The fingers, oui, the fingers. Catherine, la, la main, the hand, les doigts, les fingers. Je pense que je, je suis le bon collier. So, I say, no, nah, I think I'm doing well. J'ai gagné deux mots d'anglais vite-ment. Two more French words, for, uh, quickly. Comment allez-vous les ongles? That's uh, fingernails, Alice. Les ongles. Nous les appelons des nails. Catherine, des nails. Écoutez. Uh, dites-moi si je parle bien de hand de fingers et de nails, uh, Alice. C'est bien dit, Madame. Il est fort bon anglais. Of course, notice uh, Catherine is uh, trying. She knows that uh, she may end up being married to Henry, so she's trying to learn some English uh, here. And, uh, and notice that. Uh, um, she's asking for body parts first, a little, uh, a little entendre there, perhaps. Catherine. Dites-moi pour la bras. That's um, the arms, Alice. Des armes, madame. Catherine. Et le coude. That's elbow. Alice. D'elbow. elbow. Delbo, Catherine. J'aime faire la la répétition de tous les mots que vous m'avez appris de la prison. Il est trop difficile, madame, comme je pense. It's very difficult, I think. Catherine, excusez-moi, Alice. Écoutez. The hand, the finger, the nail, the armor, the bilbo, the elbow, madame. Oh, Seigneur du. Oh, Lord God. Je m'en oublie. I forgot. De elbow, Comment vous le call, Alice. De Nick, madame. De Nick Et les menton, Alice. De chin. De sin. Says Catherine. The corps de Nick La menton de sin. Alice. Oui. Ce bonheur. Et... et... Vérité, vous prononcez les mots si droite qu'il est natif Flattering her, her mistress, saying, Oh, you speak it as well as an English natives, Catherine. Je ne dupon de prendre pour la grâce de Dieu et un peu de temps. A little time, I'll be learning it all by the grace of God. Alice, n'avez-vous pas déjà oublié que ce je vous ai enseigné? Catherine, non. Je réciterai à vous promptement de hand, de finger, de mail. Alice, de nail, madame. De nail, de arm, de elbow. C'est votre honour de elbow. Catherine, on s'y dit déjà de l'elbow, de Nick et de Sin. Comment appelez-vous la pierre et la robe? Alice, les fous, Madame et le Comte. Catherine, les fous et le Comte, monseigneur. Deux, ils sont amants, des son mauvais, corrompus, grossiers et imprudents et non pour les dames d'honneur de user Je voudrais prononcer ces mots devant le seigneur de France pour tous les membres, le foot et les comptes. Némoins, ah, je récitais une autre fois, mais le ensemble. The hand, the finger, the nails, the arm, the elbow, the nick, the sign, the foot, les comptes. Excellent, madame. C'est aussi pour uh, une fois. That's enough for now. Let's go to dinner. They exit. Thank you for staying with me through my terrible uh, French pronunciation. I'm I'm probably in in French like Catherine is in English. Scene 5. Enter the King of France, the Dauphin, the Duke of Brittany, the Constable of France, and others. Okay, we're ready for a war council now. King of France. To certain he hath passed the River Somme, Constable. And if he be not fall with all, my lord, let us not live in France. Let us quit all and give our vineyards to a barbarous people. Okay, so France was well known for their vineyards and their wine. Dauphin, Oh, Dieu vivant, shall a few sprays of us, the emptying of our father's luxury, our sions put in wild and savage stock, spread up so suddenly into the clouds and overlook their grafters? Brittany, Normans, but bastard Normans, Norman bastards. Maud de if they march along unfought withal, but I will sell my ducum to buy a slobbery and a dirty farm in that nook shotten isle of Albion. Constable. Dieu de Bataille, a god of battles, where have they this mettle? Is not their climate foggy, raw, and dull, on, on whom, in, in a despite, the sun looks pale, killing their fruit with frowns? Can sodden water a drench for serene jades their barley broth, to cut their cold blood to such valiant heat? And shall our quick blood, spirited with wine, seem frosty? Oh, for honour of our land, let us not hang like roping icicles upon our houses thatch, while a more frosty people sweat drops of gallant youth in our rich fields. Poor we may call them in their native lands. Dauphin. by faith and honor our madams mock at us and plainly say our medal is bred out and they will give their bodies to the lust of english youth to new store of france with bastard warriors okay so the the women of france are going to take up with the english and uh renew the french stock that way brittany they bid us to the english dancing schools and teach lovalto's high and swift cornato's so in our grace is only in our heels, and that we are most lawfully runaways. Okay, the grace in the heels, that is, running away from the British, King of France. Where's Montjoy, the Herald? Okay, Montjoy also was sort of the traditional battle cry of the of the French at this time. Speed him hence, let him greet England with our sharp defiance, up, princes, and with spirit of honor edge, more sharper than your swords, high to the field. Charles Breth, High Constable of France, you, Dukes of Orléans, Bourbon and of Berry, Alençon, Brabant, Barre and Burgundy, Jacques Châtillon, Rambourg, Vaudemont, Beaumont, Grand Prix, Rousseau and uh, Falconbridge, Foix, Lestal, vauquet and Charleroi, High Dukes, Great Princes, Baron Lords and Knights, for your great seats now quit you of your great shames, Bar Henry England that swoops through our land with pinions painted in the blood of Harfleur. Rush on his host as doth the melted snow upon the valleys, whose low vassal seat the Alps to spit and void his room upon. Go down upon him, you have power enough, and in a captive chariot into alone bring him our prisoner. Constable, this becomes the great. Sorry am I, his numbers are so few, his soldiers sick and famished in their march. For I am sure when he shall see our army, he'll drop his heart into a sink of fear and for achievement offer us his ransom. King, therefore, Lord Constable, haste on Montjoy and let him say to England that we send to know what willing ransom he will give. Prince Dauphin, you shall stay with us in Rome. Dauphin, not so I do beseech your majesty. King, be patient, for you shall remain with us. Now forth, Lord Constable and Prince Dauphin, quickly bring us word of England's fall. They rhyme there of all and fall. They exit. Okay, so King sounds very confident, but is he so confident he won't let his son go to war? Uh, but they exit. Scene six. your captains, English and Welsh, Gower and Fluellen. Gower. How now, Captain Flewellen? Come you from the bridge? Flewellen. I assure you there's a very excellent service committed at the bridge. Gower. Is the Duke of Exeter safe? Flewellen. The Duke of Exeter is as magnanimous as Agamemnon. Okay, that's from the Trojan War. He was a king of them. But he was, uh, he was not really known for his magnanimity. Um, in fact, it was his uh, taking of Achilles' uh, girl that, that caused the anger of Achilles and friend to, to uh, sulk in his tent. So I'm not calling Agamemnon magnanimous. Back to the text. And a man that I love and honor with my soul and my heart and my duty and my life and my living in my uttermost power. He is not God-be-praised and blessed any hurt in the world, but keeps the bridge most valiantly with excellent discipline. There is an ancient lieutenant there at the bridge. I think in my very conscience he is as valiant a man as Mark Anthony, and he a man of no estimation in the world. But I did see him do his gallant service. What do you call him? He is called Ancient Pistol. I know him not. Okay, so Fluellen is very mistaken about pistol if he thinks he's really a valiant man. But inner pistol, here we here we'll see. Flewin, here is the man. Captain I thee beseech thee, do me favours. The Duke of Exeter doth love thee well. on I, praise God, and I have married to some love at his hand's pistol. Bard a soldier firm in heart and sound of heart and of buxom valor, hath by cruel fate and giddy fortunes fickle wheel, that goddess blime that stands upon the rolling restless stone. Okay, so the, the idea of fortune um, and uh, the wheel was associated with it because it would spin some people up and some down. Um, but she didn't really stand upon it. Uh, and and she is seen as being blind, but uh, why he's doing this elaborate metaphor, God knows. by your patient, ancient pistol, fortune is painted blind with a muffler afore her eyes to signify to you that fortune is blind, and she's painted also with a wheel to signify to you, which is the moral of it, that she is turning and inconstant and mutability and variation, and her foot look you is fixed upon a spherical stone which rolls and rolls and rolls. And good, truth, The poet makes a most excellent description of it. Fortune is an excellent moral, and so Fluellen can't um, stop from displaying his learning. Back to the text. Pistol, fortune is Bartos' foe and frowns on him for he has stolen a pax and hanged. Must he be? Okay, a pax was a, a piece of uh, church furnishings and uh, looting, other than maybe. Uh, like when the city was taken, um, was it was a crime, and uh, soldiers could be hanged for it. Back to the text. A damn to death, let the gallows gate for dog, let man go free, and let not hemp his windpipe suffocate. But Exeter hath given the doom of death for packs of little price. Therefore, go speak. Peace. Uh, Therefore, go speak. The duke will hear thy voice, and let not Barto's vital thread be cut with edge of penny cord, and vile reproach. Speak, captain, for his life, and I will thee requite. Philon, ancient pistol, I do partly understand your meaning. Pistol, why then rejoice there? Therefore, Fulan, certainly ancient is not a thing to rejoice at. For if look you, he were my brother, I would desire the duke to use his good pleasure and put him to execution. For discipline ought to be used. Pistol, die and be damned, and figo, for thy friendship. Flown, it is well. The fig of Spain, says Pistol. He exits. Flown, very good. Gower, why, this is an errant counterfeit rascal. I remember him now, a a cut purse. Flown, I assure you, he uttered his brave words at the bridge that you'll see in a summer's day. But it is very well. Woody has spoke to me that as well. I warrant you, when time is served. Gower, Why, tis a gull, a foog, a rogue, a fool, a rogue, that now and then goes to the wars to grace himself at his return into London in the form of a soldier? And such fellows are perfect in the great commander's names and will learn you by rote what services were done, at such and such a scones, at such a breach, at such a convoy, who came off bravely, who was shot, who disgraced, what terms the enemy stood on. And this they con perfectly in the phase, phrase of war, which they trick up with new-tuned oaths. And what a beard of the general's cut in a hard suit of the camp will do among foaming bottles and ale-washed wits is wonderful to be thought on. But you must learn to know such slanders of the age, or else you may be marvelously mistook. On. I tell you what, Captain Goward, I receive. He is not a man that would, that would, that would gladly make show to the world he is. You know, I find a hole in his coat. I will tell him my mind drums and colors enter the king of england and his poor soldiers in gloucester okay at this point the, the army is looking very bedraggled hark you the king is coming and i must speak with him from the bridge god bless your majesty king how now fluelan came us out from the bridge hello i so please your majesty the duke of exeter has very gallantly maintained the bridge the french is gone off look you and there is gallant and most pray passages Mary, the adversary, was have possession of the bridge, but he is in to retire, and the Duke of Exeter is master of the bridge. I can tell your Majesty, the Duke is a brave man. Fluellen, what men have you lost, Fluellen? Fluellen, the perdition of the adversary hath been very great, reasonably great. Mary, for my part, I think the Duke has never lost a man but one that is like to be executed for robbing a church, one Bardolph, if your Majesty know the man. His face is all but buckles, and whelks, and knobs, and flames of fire, and his lips blow at his nose, and it is like a coal of fire, sometimes blue and sometimes red, but his nose is executed, and his fire is out. King Henry would have all such offenders so cut off, and we give express charge that in our marches through the country, there be nothing compelled from the villages, nothing taken but paid for, and none of the French upbraided or abused in disdainful language. When lenity, lenity, and cruelty play pay, play for a kingdom, the gentler gamester is soonest winner. Okay, that's a nice, uh, nice proverb there. That if you to me lenient, or cruelty, when they're dicing, if you will, for a kingdom, um, whoever is gentler wins. Enter Montjoy, Montjoy, you know me by my habit. King Henry, well, then I know thee, what shall I know of thee, my joy, my master's mind, King Henry, unfold it. Okay, so that's an image like a, a piece of paper or a book or whatever being unfolded, Unfold your mind, my joy. This is my king, so that a Harry of England, though we seem dead, we did but sleep, advantage is better soldier than rashness. Tell him we could have rebuked him at Harfleur, floor, but we thought not good to bruise an injury till it were full ripe. Now we speak upon our cue, and our voice is imperial. England shall repent his folly, see his weakness, and admire our sufferance. Bid him, therefore, consider of his ransom, which must proportion the losses we have borne, the subjects we have lost, the disgrace we have digested, which in wait to re-answer his pettiness would bow under. For our loss as the checker is too poor for the effusion of our blood, the muster of his kingdom, too faint a number, for I disgrace his own person kneeling at our feet, but a weak and worthless satisfaction. To this I add defiance and tell him for conclusion he hath betrayed his followers, whose condemnation is pronounced. So far, my king and master, so much my office. King Henry, what is thy name? I know thy quality, Montjoy. King Henry, now dost thy office fairly. Turn thee back and tell the king, I do not seek him now. Okay, there's a bit of a speech there by Henry. So we're in the last minute. So we'll wait and uh, hear that in the next episode. And we're getting ready to set the scene for the big battle. Until then, adieu.